Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. I often talk about the importance of a purpose-driven life on this podcast, and that goes for businesses as well as individuals. More important than amassing huge profits, the driving purpose of great companies is helping their customers solve a problem in the best possible way. That's one of the reasons why I'm a fan of Carbona. Their driving purpose for over a century has been helping people live a life unstained. And by focusing exclusively on that singular purpose, they've developed the best stain removal products and at affordable prices. All of their stain removers have been scientifically developed to remove the exact type of stain you want removed, which is why they work so much better than a multi-purpose stain remover. If you haven't tried out their products yet, there is no time like the present. From clothing stains to carpet stains, Carbona has you covered. Shop Carbona.com now and use the coupon code LIVING for 20% off. That's Carbona.com with the coupon code LIVING. Today's reading was edited and adapted from The Open Door by Hugh Black, published in 1914. What is the real world? Is it the world as people thought of it yesterday, or as we think of it today, or as it will be viewed tomorrow? Our habit of treating it as something fixed seems almost incurable. In most ages, the world has been for humanity like a prison, ample and roomy, even with pleasure grounds attached, but still a prison. If one went far enough in any direction, they came to a hard stone wall, against which they would only hurt themselves if they tried to break through. In ancient wisdom, the secret of happiness was for the individual to learn their limits and keep carefully within them. It is as old as Ecclesiastes to say that it is a mistake to be overwise or, for that matter, over-righteous, and that humanity never invents anything. We can only discover. An invention is merely the application of a discovery. To discover is simply to disclose what actually is. Electricity, radioactivity, x-rays were in the world always. The forces which we are now harnessing and using have ever been here, only there were no people with knowledge enough to appreciate the fact. Who can set limits to what is? Who can draw a line and declare that within its boundaries lies all that is possible? Who can say what forces there are unknown, that one day may be utilized by us all? The world is not one definite thing, but is whatever we, with knowledge, courage, and faith, are able to make it. When we reach the borders, there is ever an open door into a larger place. The world is just as big as we are big enough to inhabit. Like all true things, this idea is not completely new. 
We have always known it in other regions of human experience. Aesthetically, the world is to each of us what we are able to appreciate. How different a single scene may appear to different views. Buttercups and daisies, the common flowers of the field, may be a delight to a child and a nuisance to a farmer. A single flower is one thing to a botanist, another to an artist, another to a gardener, and another to a lover. Recently looking at a picture in front of the hillside it depicted, I asked the artist if he saw all that color on that hillside, and he replied, For years I have lived with and loved that hill. Every year I see a new color in it. His eyes were thus sharpened by knowledge and sympathy. However, to uncultured eyes, there are often only a few crude colors and a general dull gray tone. There is truth in the saying that we make our own world. Every common thing may be viewed according to the angle of vision in a hundred different lights. Life itself, which to one person is the dullest story, may be to another a lyrical romance. To one there are no surprises of beauty, and not even anything new, only the accustomed scene. To another there is a new world born every day. If this is true in science and art, it is also true morally and spiritually. Two people may grow up in the same town, on the same street, even in the same house, and inhabit two different moral worlds, for our outlook on life determines our life. To one person there may be no distant horizons, no stainless peaks, no adventures of the soul, but to the other life may be a house of many mansions and the doors are always open. The world is the product of forces, and morally life is also the product of forces, which need to be comprehended and applied. Life to most of us is made up almost entirely of custom and tradition. It has hardened into set forms, so that it is no longer flexible. This is why there are so often those periods of lull in the history of human progress, which frustrate the heart of its champions. It is so hard to get people to see where the door is open, and harder still to get them to attempt the entry. They prefer to settle back on the accustomed ways, and refuse the risk of change. Progress everywhere is checked because we are so ready to get back to the static life. It is not easy to remain accessible to new views or tenets, and to keep free from prejudice. True education means keeping the passageway clear. The biggest thing we can do for another is simply to open a door, or rather to show them where the door is already open. That leads out to a larger knowledge a broader sympathy, a fuller life. 
This alone is education, not spoon-feeding with information, but deepening the insight and widening the outlook. In the growth and development of a child, we see how doors begin to open as life goes on. The world seems to press in by every avenue, claiming their attention, enticing them to adventure. It acts through the gates of the senses, and then the sensibilities, through the emotions and the mind, through the imagination and the heart, and all the gifts of humankind's great nature. Life is the opening of doors into this rich world of divine wonder. Too soon do we let this sense of wonder die, and we lose the very attitude of expectancy which makes us use opportunity when it comes. We do not let life lead us into the further ways, even when we possess the opportunity. For example, the mastery of a new language should mean gaining entrance into a new world of thought and experience. For many, however, a foreign tongue is an end in itself, and not a means, a discipline only, and not an open door leading out to new scenery. Similarly, a new experience should open the way to a larger life. It should bring fresh insight, wider interest, and keener sympathy. Many people do not use their experiences, but only enjoy them. A great happiness will sometimes come to a person, and they will rejoice in it, but yet they may not let it enlarge their life. Strangely enough, we sometimes find it only narrows the person. So a sorrow, which we would expect to soften and deepen them, will often only harden and embitter. We often do not learn the true lesson of the open door. We forget that we are pilgrims on the way, whose experiences should enrich. An experience is not merely something that we have to pass through, but something that should remain with us as one of the rewards of life. A new idea should also unlock a door where the whole horizon is broadened. But not all treat a new idea alike. Some meet the new idea only to be afraid of it and oppose it. Others receive it hospitably, but only to add it as another fact, like adding a rare kind of butterfly to a collection, when it ought to be a key to open the gates to a richer comprehension. In our current day, there is a thrill of expectancy in the air, which makes this age an intensely interesting one to live in. Of course, dangers attend this attitude of high expectation born of new ideas. People sometimes become impatient of old positions and despair of exact thinking, and let the emotional swamp the intellectual. Instead of a reasoned faith, they sometimes substitute a rosy optimism with no groundwork of experience and no basis of fact. The expectancy of our current time is the fruit of the changes that have already taken place, and the changes in turn create a new expectancy. 
we may be tempted to hasten the speed unduly or to make rash experiments. Every thoughtful observer knows that we do have vast challenges ahead of us. Even to the most casual eye, humanity is on the threshold of changes greater than any yet known. One danger is to lose grip of the facts and to assume that change spells progress. Human life cannot live permanently up in the air. We need to gather and conserve our gains. We cannot afford to let go the painfully achieved treasures of past experience. We must keep our feet set firmly on fact. To live in a bubbly state of gaseous uplift only invites the certain shock of the drop down. The open door does not mean that nothing is closed. It does not mean that anybody can move anywhere unimpeded. There are laws that condition entry and that allow no exceptions. The most hopeless mood is the weak optimism that shuts the eyes to facts. Another danger is that some eager souls may think that the promised land is just around the corner and when it fails to come, may be too sorely disillusioned. They have not calculated the strength of the opposing forces and the inertia of human nature. Knowledge of the past should inform them of the inevitable obstacles and should prepare them for some of the setbacks and patient waiting which the champions of progress must endure. On the other hand, Knowledge of the past should bring us encouragement as we look back over the long way by which we have come. The restless seeking of humanity has ever led us out into a larger place, and it would be craven of us to turn back from the long journey. Darkness has been dissipated by light. Ignorance has given way before knowledge. Apathy has blossomed into love and redemption is nearer than we first believed. What should the metaphor of the open door mean to us but courage and hope? The true mood of life is that of adventure. There is a high and noble curiosity, allied to courage, which has blazed the trail for others. This eager seeking of the soul has been responsible for all the gains of civilization. We are indeed saved by hope. To know that there is something unattained, and to believe that it is not therefore unattainable, has been the lodestar to human progress. On the whole, our failures are most often due to failures in moral courage. We do not believe enough and do not expect enough. We look back with admiration on great achievements and heroes and feel that we are not up to the same task. We must look through the long vista of doors that have been opened in the past and take courage for the adventure of our day of opportunity. Amid the flux and flow of circumstance, through the changes of history, over the long road of the ascent of life, we can see the unfolding of purpose and our unique place in the divine chain of events. 
the door stands open wide. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org slash patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.